Simech Elohim, Kesar Ripka Rachavaleya. God should make you my beloved Jewish daughter, as the most Sar Ripka Rachavaleya. Such do parents bless their daughters, our emos, our mothers, our collective mothers. We, of course, spend so much time discussing and delving into the lives of our avot and their deeds, as we should. But I think we don't spend enough time thinking about the lives and deeds of our mothers, Sar Ripka Rachavaleya. So let's just scratch the surface a little bit to understand more these historic figures. I mean, we should know something about our mothers, no? And then I want to speak about the general idea of what it takes to be an Aishas Chayel, a woman of valor. And it's eternal message to men and women. And we will cover that in those two words, Aishas Chayel, Chayel specifically, is... The Sodat Slacha, the secret of success for everything we want to do in life. So we have a lot to do, not a lot of time to do it. And after Rabbi Perez's words, I'm not even going to take off my watch. <laughs> when we reflect on the lives of our Imos, something that jumps out certainly from thinking about Sara, Rivka, and Rachel, that's three quarters, is the fact that, how should we say this, they made big moves. I mean... Very big moves. Sir! She sees she's not having children, she makes a move. But Tomar Sarai al Avram Hinena Sarani Hashem Milet, God has restrained me from giving birth. Bo, na, consort El Shibchasi with my maidservant, Ulai Banami Mena, maybe I will be built from her. Vishma Avram Lakol Sarai. And Avram heard her voice and did such. And then, a lot bigger move. Sarah sees Avram's love of Yishma, and sees the true future of the world in her beloved Yitzchak, and sees Yishma's very negative actions and influence, possible influences, and really forces Avram's hand and makes her kick out Yishma and his mother, Hagar. But Tomer Avram Garish, drive out Hamazos, Besbenah, Kilo Yirash Ben Hamazos, Yitzchak. This child will not inherit with my Yitzchak. Rivka. What was her big move? It's obviously engineering the debrachot, the brachos, will go to Yaakov and Ates, as Yitzchak's plan was. And in this, she did more than Sarah, who moved one of the Avos, and here, Rivka really moved two of the Avos, because she went against Yitzchak's plan, and she forced Yaakov to do something that Yaakov wasn't ready to do at first, convincing him to go with the plan. The Yomer Yaakov and Rivka, you know. Eishav is hairy. I am smooth. Maybe Yitzchak, your husband, will touch me. I will be like a mocker. And you will bring curse upon me and not blessing. And then she took a chorayis. I will take the curse on me, my son. Listen to me and do it. The rest is history. Probably we're here today because of Rivka's engineering, moving the brachot from Esau to, to Yaakov. And finally, Rachel. One of the most greatest selfless acts in history. She can't be bare to see her sister Leah's embarrassment. And she arranges that Yaakov will in fact marry Leah, as opposed to her by giving her the simon and the signs to Leah. And this is an act which Chazal, I couldn't remember exactly where, but Chazal, I remember, say that this is the thing that's going to stand, blessed level, when no one else has a Pischon Peh. Not Avram, not Yitzchak, not Yaakov, not Sarah, not Rivka, not Leah. 
this Misa, that she did such an amazing thing to give up her possible husband forever. And by the way, we can notice how one mother's actions reflect on another's. We, I hope, certainly me, see Rocho, Sarah's act of kicking out Yishmo is the right thing to do at the right time. Sometimes one must be forceful and tough. Perhaps one could say, which we of course wouldn't, but one could say that Sarah was just advocating for his son. Yitzchak over Yishmo. Comes Rivka, who is dealing with who? Both of her sons, Yaakov and Esav. What, did, what reason did she have for choosing Yaakov or Reza besides saying it was the right thing to do? Okay, maybe you'll claim that still she liked Yaakov over Reza for some personal reason. Comes Rachel's undeniably selfless act with no possible self-interest and bears witness to all of them. As Rachel acted, so did Sarah act. L'shem Shemayim for the right things. So what's this all about, though? And what lesson is in it for us? Before we get to that, we have to honestly, boldly, properly frame the situation. There is no question, that the others, the men, are the main players in the Chumash story. And we don't need to pander and apologize to God for God and the Torah for that. Voracious is much more... The story of the Elvis and the story of the Imos. Really, it's both their stories, but as much as you would have to split. In that, that the Elvis were the real leaders, the main leaders, let's call it, is a central lesson, this central lesson of the Imos. You can lead in the most significant way possible from the second position. Sora, Rivka, and Rachel were very happy in their positions. Sarah knew when to stay behind the door. She wasn't trying to get her name out there, take over, a power play, an aggressive corporate takeover. She was a full partner in her husband's amazing work. She was Megayer the women. She converted the women. But Avram was certainly leading the way. He who had started, age three, started his personal journey towards Yediyah Selakus, seeing the chesed of the Broyolim and the Bria, seeing the Amuna and the fullness of both of those things for 45 long years, thinking and delving and sacrificing and going and working, and etc. And he was the one who set out to bring the whole world Tachas Malchushakai. And he found this amazing woman, woman to share his vision. And boy, did she share it. But, and here's the big but. Being part of his vision, living with someone, and if you want to say it, I want to say it, but as Victor Miller said, I've often repeated it, if the Chafetz Chaim is a baseball, then Avram Avinu is like the sun. There's enormous amounts of earths that go into the sun. I think they say put 100, 100 or 150 of our, our wonderful earth. Imagine how big, how many baseballs you can put in the sun. That was the difference between the Chavetz Chaim that the whole Jewish world, we'll talk about soon, was under him. Hasidim and Litvaks alike. Everybody knew the Chavetz Chaim. He was like a baseball compared to Avram the sun. But that didn't blind her or make her bend. That when the time came, she could say, Avram, you are leading. 
It is your vision. You are making history. But this can't be. I am very sorry. Rivka knew who her husband Yitzchak was. It has been said that there's an inverse relationship between how people relate to famous people in the secular world, generally, and Gedoli's role. Take a famous person, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Took America out of the Depression, led the free world to victory, and World War II unfortunately died before he could see the full fruits of his labor. The whole American people are wild about him. Hmm. The whole world. But then you get a little closer. You go into the White House. You begin to hear the critique. You get to the cabinet. Some of them will tell you he was a little manipulative. He was a bit of he was a bit of a proud owner of enormous ego. Then you want to get to Eleanor, his wife. Where is she? And you realize this is a historical fact, she's hardly around. Estranged and distanced, while I'll say Balashna Mata, others weren't. And you get to the Chavetz Chaim. The old Jewish people, Litvak and Chassid alike, loved him. I know if his Shema in those times went reached the Sephardi world, so I can't say. But he was loved by the whole Jewish world. Came to see him. Trainloads of people came to see him when he went to the Warsaw, wherever he went. That's everybody loved him. You get to Radin, into his town. They tell the amazing stories that they witnessed. You get him to the yeshiva. He's on the pious pedestal. So you get to his family, to them he was like a malach, he was like a, an angel. The inverse relationship. So Rivka certainly knew who Yitzchak was, undoubtedly. But when she saw this mistake developing, she acted with Yashris and Zrizus, get back to those words, to change history. When this relationship isn't in place, catastrophe strikes. There was a Far Eastern airline where many crashes were happening. Some of you know this historical fact. After analyzing the black box, it's really there for a reason, they realized a fascinating thing, that the co-pilots saw disaster coming, but in the Far Eastern system, the second-in-command is so bottled, so nullified to the top guy, they couldn't say their minds and say the plane is going to crash in five minutes if you don't get it together. And because they didn't have the Moses approach... Many people died. So what's the lesson, Rabosai? You have to know when to show them. You have to know when to fold them. The Torah is giving us na- models for navigating the world. The Torah, and listen well to this, for sure the Torah believes in hierarchy. We give special honor to Torah scholars. Elderly. Someone of 70, the Kabbalah at 60. Parents, earlier generations, Chadesh Yemenu of course, someone who doesn't know what rabbinic authority is soon finds himself outside the Torah camp in a, in a flash. But you also have to know when to be independent and when your voice needs to be heard. And if you are the CEO, you better know when to lead. But you better know when to listen. And all that together is what brings to success. So, there's so much more to discuss about the most. But I want to get to Aisha's Chayel. We just scratch the surface. It said one salient feature that we find, I think, in Pshuto Shemikra a lot. But I want to talk about the Aisha's Chayel. And certainly the most were the ultimate in the Sheikh Chayel, so we continue to speak about them in that general sense.
Believe it or not, then looking at the central word chayil, we're going to see a funda- fundamental point for Hatzlach in life. By way of introduction, really the main thing I want to talk about is the Mitzuda Siyam's Pshat. First, I just want to share a little bit about the Nefesh Chaim. The Nefesh Chaim, Chaim Belajner, Talmud of the Grah, father of all the yeshivas, says, what is the language of Eishas Chayel? What is that language? It says the lesson of a Chayel. Chayel, Chayel. A soldier. And what's the essence of a true soldier? Someone who is ready to sacrifice everything for a cause. And think how true that is when we think about our wives, Jewish women. How far will a mother go for the success of her children? Amazing story. There's a wonderful set of svarim by maybe 15 or more. Many people know them. Maybe we don't have them here. On halacha by someone named Tzvi Cohen. Tzvi Cohen, he passed away. So I want to tell you how those svarim were written. How did Tzvi Cohen's, you know, a whole book, a whole, a whole Aron, not that way, but 15, 16 svarim in halacha. We go back to Seattle, 1920. Going back 100 years. There's one Mrs. Cohen, forgot her first name, the wife of a successful Orthodox businessman who made none other than uniforms for the armed forces. Navy, Army, etc. Boeing wasn't around then. So, yeah. What else in Seattle? What else in Seattle today? Microsoft. Microsoft, right? But today we've been making micro... They don't, they don't have uniforms anyway. Okay. But he was making, living in Seattle, and she had a wonderful, wealthy life, respected members of the community. She knew many Rabbanim that would come through the town. She gets in his, her head that her 14-year-old son, Dove, has to be a Talmud Chacham. Now, there's a whole story why she thought that, not for now. I'm reducing a long story into short pieces. She doesn't know how this is going to happen in Seattle, or even New York. She takes advice and she travels, listen to this, 1920, all the way to Yerushalayim, That's a journey of weeks by train and boat, it takes her a year, a year, one whole year, hardly tell, no telephones, a few telegrams, away from her loving family and comfortable life in Seattle to get her son settled until he finally, after a lot of movements, he was in Tel Aviv and Tachkamoni, etc. Then he finally gets to the Hebron Yeshiva in Hebron. He survived the massacre where he became a huge, well-known Talmud Chacham who was a rub that happened to bring Kashrut to the Israeli Air Force. Dove Cohen. And as opposed to some of her other children and grandchildren who ended up very far from Yiddishkeit, Dove had an amazing family, including son Svi, who wrote all those books. That's an Ashish Chayel. In that shot, everything against, and she has her vision. But I want to focus for the remainder of our time, and this is really the main thing I want to bring out in the second half of the Shmooze, on a whole other idea expressed in two words. But first, let's see. This Aishas Chayel, we say every Friday night. Where does the Aishas Chayel reach? Let's see. She is one who is Gemalasu Tov Velora, complete goodness. Vitakam Bo Laila. She wakes up really early. Kapeh Parsalani. She extends her hands to the poor. Lo Sir Would someone like her, the biggest blizzard, is no reason for concern? No, the Bishar and Baila, her, with her support, her husband becomes well known. Pia Pasa Bechachma Torah's Chesed Al Her mouth opens with wisdom. 
whole philosophy of loving kindness is evident in what she speaks about. Torah's Chesed. Truly, Rabbah's Padasos of Hayavat Elisa Kulana. Many do great things, but she is on league all her own. A generational talent. When the final day comes, she looks back with laughter and happiness with the very good name that adorns her. But we're friends. How does she do all these things? This is all that becomes. The only descriptive part we have of who she is is in one word, Chayel. It's interesting. Aishas Chayel, who can you find? And that's all she does. So I found... This Matsudas Tzion is not a Kabbalistic source. You open up your Tanakh, you'll see it right there. Rotzel Lomar, what is Chayel? Different than the Nefesh Chaim? Zriza Bishara. Zrizut Bishrut. That's all it is. She moves with quickness and alacrity, and she has a straight mind. That's what Yashra says. She knows what's right. And I want to emphasize a straight mind, not necessarily brilliant minds. Brilliant minds often are very crumb. She's straight. Let's analyze together these two things. Zrizut is so essential. Without it, nothing gets done. Without alacrity, without moving, without ready-to-go-ness, nothing gets done. Think business, think learning, think life, think accomplishment, think shalom bias, think children. With it, you can accomplish anything. Zariz spends his time the right way and moves intelligently from thing to thing. Now, sometimes when I'm overwhelmed with many tasks, I just say, you know, just keep moving, don't waste time. And the pile of tasks is going to get smaller and smaller. Sometimes I waste time and it doesn't get smaller. So, okay. Sometimes the order of things isn't even doing so, isn't so important. you got to keep the wheels moving. you got to keep your wheels moving. That's Rezus. So, if that's what Rezus is, what are you Yashras for? What's that second part? Rotzel Omar, Zriza Bishara. Why Yashras? Because... One can be Zariz. And it's special to say this during this Tekufa about the most foolish things in the world. I'll get, re- I'll get everything done, but it's all to quote another book of Shlomo HaMelech as Mishle, where Eshet Chayel is from, Hevel Havalim Hakol Hevel. Vanity of vanities, it is all vanity. I am often struck by the awesome incongruity we have in our days at a unique degree in history. And you will all agree with me as I teach you this. Everyone today wants things faster and faster. I can't live with 4G. I can't wait for my computer to reboot. Throw it out. Do they even use that word, reboot, anymore? That used to be a word, reboot, you know? Computer's not working. You reboot it. You start it over. Take a minute. Take a breath. Get a coffee. No. Three swipes, Mac. Some of them... Early order on the iPhone 14, iPhone 15. You're speeding on the road, endangering life of others and yourself because you got to get there faster. I have a question for humanity. Where exactly are you rushing to? What about how you're spending your time makes it so precious that you need a few more seconds of it? Without Yashras... Without straightness, without knowing what's right, you're going faster and faster to nowhere, friends. With Yashras, you're always on the right path. That's what Yashras means, Yashar. So let's think for a second. How do we get to Yashras, though? There's two steps. One, we have to know what's right. Objectively. 
What is life all about? What do I have to do? Only me. No one else. What is my obligation in my world? What does, does this task in front of me require? That's on the objective front. But here maybe more relevant to us even is that so often we have negias. Such a bad word, such a holy word. Biases, proclivities. So many otherwise religious, intelligent people go so far off what is true and straight because of these things. They'll destroy a community because of their perversion of truth. Bizrizus! Rabbi Cyril Salanta gave once a Talmud great advice. This Talmud said, he went to business, he said, this advice stood for me for I think 45 years, 30, 40 years. Rabbi Cyril said them six words. Imatat sodek if you are right, see to it that you remain right. Because so often we start out right. I'm right. And they did this. And therefore what? That's yatras. I start off right and I watch that I stay right. Someone spoke against you. Someone said Lashon Someone did this. And therefore what? And what? They're wrong. And therefore what? I'd like to share a story of a modern day Shekhaio. We spoke about an Eishet Chayel from 100 years ago, according to that shot. I want to share a story that I just saw, who had incredible yashras, from the Gedolim. There's someone named Rav Naftali, who was a leading figure in that good Israel, a major Jewish organization, leading organization, especially in America. And he's a, leading, he's a leader in this there today. Someone whose organization has raised tens of millions of dollars, and importantly, he's someone who has an infectious smile and exudes positivity. But he didn't have to be this way, this successful, this happy. Because his parents had an acrimonious divorce, and he's the son of an estranged father, and it was no less than six different elementary schools. From K to 8, he made his way to six schools. That's not very good, Robosai, yeah? So what anchored him? What let him be someone who's leading with simcha and positivity and helping thousands of people today? A true Eishas Chayel. And I want you to hear, as I recount a little bit, about his mother, how he talks. First, the background. I remember being at a friend's house for Shabbos, and the, when the father started to make Kiddush, it was too much for me to watch, and I just ran out of the room. I'm not sure I realized it then, but I think I knew what a normal family was supposed to look like. And the fact that I didn't have it in my life was just too upsetting. Divorce settlement stipulated that my father would pick up the tab for both tuition and rent, but my mother's only making $1,000 a month. My mother doubled down on warmth, cheerfulness, staying grateful to Hashem. This spelling would have, could have otherwise been a bitter, anxiety-ridden childhood. Listen to this. There was no money for extra treats on Shabbos, <laughs> on Sukkot and Pesach. So what she do? She had built up excitement by making us a special cake. Each Yantav had its own special type. There was the Sukkot cake and there was the, the, the Pesach cake. There was no money to pay. There's someone alive today. He's 40, 50 years old. We're not talking ancient history. There's a story in the 80s, 90s. And there was no, simply no money to pay yeshiva tuition. And there were the three, him and his two brothers. But instead of bemoaning her lot, Mrs. Mrs. Naftali's mother would put on a smile on her face and spend her Sundays marching up and down Brooklyn's McDonald Avenue, going to the various factories. And she would go to the front office and ask for items that were imperfect or unsellable. She'd get a few sweaters from here, some spice from there, and she would go sell them at the flea market and then go pay tuition. Yeah, lots of 
But here's what we want, guys. Uh, despite all the baggage she was carrying, there was never a word of negativity. My mother, and this is a quote, my mother never complained, never uttered a negative word against my father. Despite all the broken commitments, he didn't come through with the money, he didn't show up as he promised. She would insist that we call him on his birthday and stay in touch with our grandparents. Even after I was married, my mother would call to make sure I wished him a happy birthday. Bible or Ryan. And listen to this. My mother taught us. This is Yashus. This is Neshis Chayel. My mother taught us that we have to do what's right. Your personal decisions, whether to make a call, whether to attend a simcha, whether to send a gift, shouldn't depend on how the other person treated you or mistreated you. Remove all that from the picture. This is Mamash Yashras. This is it. Right? Oh, well, he didn't do this for me, and that he, he, and he, and he, and he, and he, and she, and it. No. Remove all that. Ask yourself what you think is the right thing to do, what's your personal standard of right and wrong, and that's what should guide you. And, and Natali says that he was, had a friend who was in a very messy and painful divorce who was ready to take his spouse down, and he said to him, Natali said it, the message transferred. Look, you have the right to do this. You can take tough measures, but you have to realize that your children are at stake. And if there's one thing you can learn from my mother, that it takes two to fight. And you can give your children that gift of peace. And Naftali got a call. A short while later, you were right. When I gave in, the entire dynamic changed. As someone said to a friend of my family, you can fight with your spouse for another half a day and put my kids through college. Or you cannot fight and put your kids through college. But Yashrus is what lack of Yashrus is makes people not see things that way. So, if you have Yashrus, now what do you need reasons for? So let's put the whole package together. Because... With all the right ideas, without Zerizus, you won't make them happen. Now we understand the interface of this dynamic duo of ideas. The Yashrus gets me on the right path. But the Zerizus keeps me moving on the right path. One without the other won't cut it. But both together are unstoppable. If you think about people who are successful, I think you see these two things. The guy always sharpening his ideas a little sharper and talking and talking often doesn't really get anywhere. And then you find someone just acting, acting, acting with a lot of thinking about what he's doing is getting somewhere. But where is he getting? What's he doing? But the two together, complete goodness, extends her hands to the poor. The biggest blizzard is no reason for concern. She does what it takes with her support. Her husband becomes well-known. Her mouth opens with wisdom. Many do great things, but she's a league of her own. A generational talent. When the final day comes, she looks back with laughter at the good name that she has gotten. So is it that basic? That's really it. Zerizus and Yashris. I think it is. But we have to deal with one more question before we end our little talk. To get the full picture. Because the Pasik says afterwards, we mentioned before, Rabot Kulana. Many have done Chayel, but you're greater than them. But let's ask a question. If they do Chayel, why is she better? They do Chayel and she does Chayel. It's the same thing. If it would have said, Rabos Banos Asu Chesed, Vadalito Kulana, so we could say, because Chayel, whatever it means, is better than Chesed. But they do Chayel and you do Chayel. So why is, the, why is she better than the many other banot? So I think the answer is simple. There's doing Chayel, there's acting with alacrity and straightness. There's even doing a lot of chayil. But then there's the ashes chayil. Someone who doesn't just do chayil, 
Someone doesn't just do a lot of chayil, but chayil defines their essence. They're all about zrizus and yashrus and everything they do. All the time, in every field, and in everything they encounter. But the beauty of this message, and the, real, the reason I was inspired to teach this when I learned this in the Tudor recently, because it's still something that's attainable to us. Here, 2022, Tavshin Pei Ask yourself, I hope I ask myself, when the success you want is beyond you, ask that question. Am I acting with Zerizus and Yashris? Am I bemoaning? Am I blaming? Am I perverting? Am I seeing things not straight? Am I seeing things straight but I'm not out there? How much are these two meters taking me over? And we can all be strengthened, and with this I finish, knowing that if you align yourself with these two concepts, you can grow in a way you never knew before. Thank you very much.